1: And today we're talking seafood. We're at the Seafood Market St. Bernard at the Delacro Pier. Uh, we got Captain George Ricks here with us, and we also got Captain Charlie Roban. Or Robin? I like Robins. that. Robins. I like that I like Robins. that Robins. That's a yeah.
0: respect name. That's a respect
1: <laughs> name. And we got Stephen on the line. Let's get Stephen back in here. We, we took a break in the middle of his conversation. Stephen, what else did you have? Yeah, and the cigarette butts. Uh, I think the city of New Orleans have a 300 or $500 fine for throwing a cigarette butt down in the street. Uh, but I don't think that's ever been enforced. Yeah. Well, you know, it was scary yesterday, Stephen. I stopped to get gas. And there was a guy walking around the pump smoking a cigarette, and I happened to look yeah. on the ground right in front of the pumps, and it was, I don't know, maybe a hundred smashed cigarette butts. Not a great idea yeah. to smoke around <laughs> gas pumps, but people do it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know but what I mean, the impact of cigarette you know, butts the, in Lake Pontchartrain is. Maybe we could. I'm sure we got money to do a study, huh, George? Somebody yeah, studied that. I'm sure. That?
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe no worries. I mean, they've, they've got, I mean, they've got
1: all the chemicals in them from the cigarette, from right. smoking the cigarette. So that, in turn, encapsulizes into the water, and it all empties into the Lake Pontchartrain. I'll tell you what, Steven, you must stay up pretty late at night. Man. You, you, you're you a deep thinker. <laughs> salt into the spillway to salt the water up coming through, clean up the cigarette butts in Lake Pontchartrain. Anything else you got, Steven? I love talking to you, man. <laughs> No, but I'll think about it maybe call you back in another Do that. couple week. Ne- ne- I'm not usually up at this hour in the morning. <laughs> oh, okay, well, try to make an effort to call us. Really enjoy talking to you. Before you go, though, I'm asking people this question today. If you could only have one type of seafood for the rest of your life, which one would it be? And definitely shrimp. Shrimp, Okay. I think that so far has been the consensus, and I guess because shrimp is yeah. so uh, versatile. Okay, Stephen, go back okay. to sleep and hey, uh, get some more info. love to hear from you again. <laughs> Okay. You know, i had some really novel ideas, George. You know, yeah. you might want to put him on the CPR. A. N- I've never heard of cigarette butt theory before, <laughs> the That's a good one. All right, Charlie Robin Roban's with us, man. Charlie, what you got out here today for people man, coming Man, We by?
0: got we got a we got a boatload of shrimp. Me and my two boys out here, we got some uh twenty one twenty five count white shrimp.
1: Now right, wait, explain that to people that don't know twenty one twenty five. What's that uh, mean? Twenty
0: one yeah. shrimp to twenty five shrimp to the pound. And we got some 16 count, 16 20s, that's 16 shrimp to 20, 20 shrimp to the pound. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it. That's how, that's how it's priced. That's how it's been since I'm a kid. That's the way we continue doing it. All right,
1: before we move on to the other seafood, while we on shrimp, what shrimp dishes would you use 16 20s, 21 25s, or even smaller than that? Well, I'll
0: tell you what. When I was coming up there, you had a 30, a 30 count shrimp. 40 50 count shrimp, everybody balled them. That's your best taste of shrimp for balling. Uh, nowadays, everybody's going big. Everybody wants 21, 25. I can't keep up. I get 21, 25 counts, I run out. And then, then they went to 16, 20s to ball. Me, I don't like to ball them because they're tough. They're a little tough shrimp. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the flavors don't get in it like a like a smaller shrimp. So, you know, that's people whatever they want it. I think most they people eat. prefer the, the bigger shrimp for like barbecue shrimp. No, well, right? we barbecue them too, man. We throw yeah. we throw them on a the grill. We cook we cook barbecues like forest gump, bro. We'll take <laughs> hey, you cook shrimp any kind of way you want. And that's the way that's why this culture is so unique. Is this because you got so many goddamn cool asses down here that they cook so <laughs> much different down here. And we experiment, especially when you're on a boat, you improvise. If you got this you use it. If you don't have it, well Molly Swalti, like I say, Molly Swatter means tough luck. So you just Improvise. That's it.
1: Now, recently you told me you were up in New York. Now, what was a guy like you doing up in New York? I was promoting our wild-caught seafood. We was up there
0: in New York. We took some shrimp up there to, they had some people that came after Hurricane Katrina now. It's called Southern Comfort. They came down here to help us rebuild our, our community, and they happened to come, I had, I had rebuilt my home because I knew that's how we do it down here in these, in these regions. You you know, we was born and raised this way. When the high tide comes up, you flood, you wash out, you clean out, you go back to living again. Well, I put Chinese sheet rock in my house and I just, you know, I had to go redo it. And then people came down here and they helped us. They helped me redo my house for the second time. And these got people, I call them the angels from the north. They came down here, we, we were affiliated with uh, the Knights of Columbus with the with the Crawfish Festival in Chalmette. Well. We introduced, my brother-in-law and Cisco and them, they introduced it to Syracuse. So they went to Syracuse to raise money for them to come to help people that need, in need. And they go all over the country helping disasters. So we went up there, we brought some shrimp up there, and I brought them head on, frozen head on shrimp. And I went on a TV show and I bought them and they asked me, why why are they not orange looking and why are they had heads on? (laughs) I said, well, that's the way we eat them down home. The flavor's in the head and everything. So you know we got to educate the people what we got, and they never tasted shrimp so good. I said because you never had shrimp so good. You never had wild caught shrimp. Wild caught shrimp is Mother Nature's perfection. They uh, she just puts additives in it that no man can. I don't care if you farm raise them and they run them through these sewer ponds in, in, in china and thailand and wherever they come from uh they load them up with bacteria and uh fill them up with antibiotics fill them up with gel and uh man you don't know what you eat bro so here at least you know you come at this dock. that's why we're here today at this dock. we come here to take our shrimp to go straight direct uh, and sell our product to the customer. That way they know where it's coming from. It don't come in a box and it's mislabeled. I'm glad they, they passed this law in Baton Rouge last week because that's gonna uh, the city of New Orleans is a rich city when it comes down to culture and seafood. Every time I go eat seafood in New Orleans, I don't go there no more because they don't serve our seafood. Only certain restaurants do, and I know which ones they are because I can taste the difference in the shrimp. But people from out of, out of, out of state, they come to New Orleans to get our seafood and they don't sell it. So they need to make it, let the customer know because they, they mislabel, that's fraud. They, they mislabel it, they, they not label it. So they don't know, so they don't eat. It's good, yeah, they put flavor on it. But you could take my shrimp and take an imported shrimp and i put mine on a flat grill and I'll start grilling my little shrimp with no season, no nothing on it. And you put that, that, that imported shrimp, farm-raised shrimp on the side of mine and the juices that's gonna cover off my shrimp gonna make that shrimp taste good. Because they taste like rubber. I mean, you, if you ate it before, Don, you know how that oh, is. Oh, yeah. Crawfish, same way. And, and you know, the taste of the shrimp is where it's at. And that's why we're here now to promote our shrimp because, if not, the way this industry has gone with all these imports is really putting us out of business. And if we don't go straight to the direct and, and educate the public of what are we doing, uh public's in trouble because, you know, you, it's like, you know, we're getting older in life and you you know, you go to the doctor, the first time you get an infection or some stuff, especially the things that's in this water now from this river with all this high water and stuff like that. You don't know what's in that water. Look at the dolphins and all that. It's happening to us. Well, it's the same way. You go to the doctor and say, oh, we shoot you some antibiotics. Well, sure, you've been eating shrimp. <laughs> it's just like Dean Blanchett said there, you know, you <laughs> take over five pounds of you eat two or three of dead, and that's all this stuff, you know. But uh, you know, it's serious because, yeah. you know, you can get sick like that and then you want to die because you ate because you want to buy it cheaper.
1: And people think just because it's in a seafood deli or market that it's been inspected, but there's only it's 1% not. of That's the right. seafood that comes in this country is actually physically inspected and tested for That's what's right. in it. That's so right. 99% of it you have no idea what's and
0: in. And they it. need laws and they need to get FDA involved in and add to, to to get funded to get more people to
1: work that way they can they can do this, you know. What about a tariff? They, we well, hear a lot about tariffs on China and Mexico. What about a tariff on well, shrimp?
0: Well, it, it it, it, they, they've been having tariffs on it, but it's just never,
1: you know. It must not be enough it, to it, be able to sell them That's as cheap
0: exactly as they right do. because they get it cheap and sell high here, because whenever they can prime product that we putting out here on the coast, all these fishermen down here from Louisiana, Texas, all the way to Florida, we put out a fine product. I don't care where you come from, you know. The best taste of shrimp is here, you know. You don't have a, you know, offshore shrimp. We have a, a marsh shrimp that's, it's, it's got all these additives in it, you mm-hmm. know. And I mean, look, the taste is unreal, you know, and people starting to catch on to it. And if like if we don't come here and go straight to the public and show them what we got, you know, and people that move to New Orleans and thinking they're getting what they get. You know, need to come see us down here in Wachloski there. We'll
1: we, we, we give you a whole lesson on shrimp. We even cook it for you. All right, we're talking with Captain Charlie Roban we're talking seafood. You got a question or a comment, we'd love to hear from you. I got another vote for shrimp from Janice. She says if she was limited to just one seafood item in the rest of her life, it would be shrimp. And I'm going to ask Charlie that. He's a seafood gourmet and an expert. We'll see which one he goes with. And also get him to tell us about the day in the life of a shrimp what's it like to be on a shrimp boat i can tell you because i've been on one and did it we'll be right back you listen to more outdoors on wwl fm 105.3 hd2 we're back right after this All right, welcome back in. We are we talking seafood with uh, Captain Charlie Roban. We got Captain George Ricks here. We heard from Guy McInnes. We got seafood getting ready to go out of here officially in about another 45 minutes or so. Come on by here, bring your ice chest, bring your cash, and get you some fresh. Good taste in seafood right off the boat. It don't come any fresher than that, George. Uh, we got a. We we're talking about diversions and freshwater impacts to seafood and fishery. I uh, got a listener that Texas one and, and wanted to know why we are not running Davis Pond at fifteen thousand cfs. That's cubic foot per second of water uh, when it's only turning at fifteen hundred with a high river like it is. Why aren't we getting the the benefit of fifteen thousand?
0: Well, for one. For one thing, uh, Don, um, one thing is uh, uh, they're, they're not sediment diversions. Davis Pond and Kenarman was built as freshwater diversions to, to modify the salinity level, so it's, it wasn't built to, to, to build land. And uh, another thing is Davis Pond's capacity is only 10,000 cubic feet a second. Uh, so At this point, at, they want to change that. They want to change yeah. that, but it, its maximum capacity is 10,000
1: cubic feet per second. Right all right charlie i got a question here maybe for you this one says uh, the other problem with those imported shrimp we were talking about is when they're used for bait diseases could be introduced in our area white spot what is white spot i never heard white
0: spots before but i heard you know black spots that's all in taking care of your shrimp you know when you when you uh, ice them down and stuff like that and you freezing and stuff like you know the black spot but i never heard of white spots I never heard of that before.
1: Well, you know, they're talking about using them for bait. I guess you buy the imports frozen and, you know, people well, put them on a hook and throw them out there. You it's can, just
0: like the river with the the, the, the stuff in the river, the poison and stuff that's coming through there. You, throw the, you introduce that into our system. It's in the system. So if you're going to cast uh, – you know, contaminated shrimp to a, a fish, and you lose that fish, well, guess what? That fish ate that, and his offspring's going to be contaminated. God knows what's going to happen.
1: That might have been Stephen with another deep thought. You know, maybe come up with another uh, idea. Okay. All right, uh, we've been posing this question about if you only had one seafood for the rest of your life, Charlie. I mean, we'll,
0: I'm like we'll, a forest gone, bro. You know, you take, shrimp. You take <laughs> it, you cook it any kind of way you want to cook it. You cook it for We introduced it to that. My wife and my family used to... They cooked shrimp and grits when we were kids. Now it's a big dish. You, know, you go there, you're <laughs> yeah, you eat shrimp and grits.
1: not a necessity. You needed uh, protein in that grit, so that's I, what you
0: What I said earlier, when you're on a boat, you start improvising what you got in the pantry <laughs> left at the end of the trip. You say, okay, we're going to mix a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Well, that's exactly what we do, and that became a big dish. To people like that shrimp and grits, a little garlic, and man, what the heck, man! Look.
1: Tell us about uh, shrimping, uh, the activity. What's the, give me a day in the life of Charlie Roban. What time you get up in the morning, and what do you do? When's your Sometimes
0: day? we don't go to sleep, you know. But uh, it's it's a lot of work. I mean, this is something a normal person that ain't bred it into this business. It's, uh, you're not just gonna come here and you're not gonna, you think you're gonna become a millionaire. Back in the day, people, a lot of people bought boats and they, the luck of the draw, they go out there to catch a few shrimp, but you know, it's it's something that you need to, you gotta work hard at, you gotta have drive, and you know, you gotta have a lot of time and a lot of patience. And some days are good, some days are bad. You got a bad season, you gotta, you gotta make do, you just gotta, like you say, bite, bite the bullet down. But, uh, you know, it's a hard life. Um, when I come in off the boat, I gotta work on my boat. I gotta do my maintenance, I gotta patch my nets, I gotta do this, I gotta do this. Nowadays, the, the way it was when I was coming up as a kid, I'm on the same boat I was uh, when I was 11 years old. My father built this boat and I'm still on that boat today. It takes a lot of TLC and to keep it alive. So you, you know, you get up in the morning and you do your maintenance and, you know, it's a lot of responsibility. So uh, it's, you know, if you cut out for it, it'll make you or break you, put it to you that way.
1: What about the business end of it? You know, taking care of the engines and the nets and the boat and having the knowledge of going out and when to drop the nets, how long to drain. That's one part of it. Yeah. What about the business end of it? Once well, you me, got these shrimp, this is a great way to sell them, but this is like twice a year.
0: Before, when I was coming up in 1978, I graduated from high school. Well, I always was on a shrimp boat. I mean, I'm seven generations. And, you know, I, I, I always just, that was just one thing we did. That was just a natural, everyday piece of living we did. And on living on a bio, that's it, that's that's it. Everybody did it. Well, the shrimp and the price of the shrimp was real, real, real good. I mean, that's why I would become a shrimper. I mean, what I used to make as a deckhand working with my father on the same boat. I used to make really good money. and. The thing is, today, I got the same boat. Back then, it used to take us about 300 bucks to make a six-day trip. That's your ice, your fuel, your groceries. You know, and then we go out. Now, today, the same boat, it takes me 1,500 to 2,000 miles to make that same trip. Plus, the shrimp we was getting seven bucks a pound for, six, $6 and seven dollars a pound for, we can't get that at the dock today. This is from the dock, from the boat to the dock. That's not to the public. So the public was paying, you know, more than that for shrimp at that time. Well, then we started getting these importers in and it started knocking our market down. And then these factories, they just don't want to let up. They fill up their factories and, and, and with these imported shrimps. And when it's time to open our seasons in May, the factories are already done full. So they're getting good stuff, cheap. And you got to catch a whole bunch of it to make a, make a living. And if we don't sell our product direct, we might as well tie it up. Because if we got to go sell to the dock, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you're not going to make it. It's going to be, you better catch a lot of shrimp and you better, be, you better have a good wife that's going to take care of your money <laughs> and save your money.
1: How do you know where to go? Uh, do you, is it historic that you draw back on? You've been doing it since you're 11 years old, and well, year after year. But things change. Habitats change. The marsh hab- change. Habitats change. Right now, we deal
0: with we overbundled. So I could I could get into it. and I really don't want to get into that conversation at this moment. But uh, you know, the habitat just uh, they just, we we stop fishing different species, and they overpopulate it right now. And then it takes one species, and they eat the other species, and you know, it, it, it's it it hurts and it depletes one and the other the strongest species is going to survive you know and i learned this from my grandfather his grandfather before him so you got to you got to you got to take from the environment to keep it going but you know it's just that the you know the price of our shrimp and that is just you know something that you got to go direct to, to the public and the benefit of the, the going direct is that you make you got to get more than what your doc is going to pay you 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 split that difference with the consumer, with the the consumer's gonna pay on a retail value, and you split that difference. You come, you, I'll save you money. I'll make more money. So it's a plus plus situation for everybody. So,
1: what? Uh, tell me the difference in brown and white shrimp. A lot of people want to know about it. brown that. shrimp's
0: a little more, a little more saltier shrimp that that hangs in the water, and like this year here, we in trouble. Our we don't have the the trip I just made in. I mean. After 40 years on a boat, full time, uh, I never, I never had a bad brownie season. Last year was bad. This year's worse. I mean, we have so much fresh water coming in. They open up that, that spillway the second time. If they would have, if they would have left it closed and opened a maganza, which they needed to do, that would have saved our lake bond area and our marsh area. What would happen in Mississippi? Mississippi, you're catching hell, too. Now, that, that salinity is all the way to, to to Gulfport Ship Channel already, and they're gonna catch hell on their season too. They're gonna, and they plus their ices and everything else. But um, we ain't gonna have that crop this year. And as long as we got that salinity like it is, we're not gonna it, brownies might be a thing of the past. It could be, you know, it's scary. And then the diversions they want to put in, it's going to wipe not just the, not just that brownie, the white shrimp, then your fish and everything else is going to go with that. You know, everything's going to go off show, so you better get an off show boat.
1: So the white shrimp is like a fall shrimp, like it's the a sweet, season. It's a
0: sweet, it's a, it's a fresher water shrimp. It's a brackish water shrimp.
1: Size-wise, white shrimp bigger than brown shrimp? No,
0: not necessarily. It depends on, you know, uh... If we can catch it, if we don't catch it before they get big, <laughs> you know, brown shrimp get big. They just got to, you just got to go offshore to get them. You got to go out and, you know, hundreds of feet of water to mm-hmm. get them. But uh, they'll come in and they'll breed in our estuaries and they go offshore and they lay and they come back. It's just like white shrimp right now. They're in, they laid. Now, that, that, they're going to be coming in um, around that, around that moon in, in uh, July. The new moon of July, you start starting to see a judah white shrimp. So, you know. It's that's just when a they shut
1: down the brown, when you right. start showing up in the nets in order to preserve them, to let them get big yeah. and not kill all the juvenile white shrimp, they shut it down. Right, right. That's what they do. That, in other words, it's just a cycle. What about this tiger shrimp that was showing up? Had you encountered any of those? And no. I, I don't hear I, much I'll catch more few, about them.
0: I catch, catch maybe a dozen or so a year. And I'm going to tell you something there, Don. That's about 12, 15 inches long. I, I, I had one a pound and a quarter. And you know, I ate that suck. I just wanted to see what it tasted like. It was, was it
2: a bad taste of shrimp?
0: You know, because what I what I was told that they was they was dumped off here to try to eat up our shrimp. That's that's what I was told. You know, God knows what you hear. You know, yeah, rules and well. stuff like that. But they say it, it'll it'll uh, it'll eat on other shrimp and kill you kill your uh, your whole habitat.
1: Well, so, it wouldn't be such a bad thing. I mean, if they were plentiful, but I don't think they're gonna push the shrimp out. Yeah. They're not going to replace them. What about royal reds? We that's, don't get that's much of the That's Florida. Yeah, what, that's is, Florida. what, is, what is
0: That's Florida. That's deep. That's 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 uh, uh deep water in Florida. You know, that's where they, they you got to go offshore to get them raw red. It's just like a red snapper, you know, they red, well, mm-hmm. they're in deep water. Yeah. You go you go offshore the same way with shrimp. What about taste wise? I eat them. I go to the casino and I eat them. You know, shrimp is a shrimp. You get a little different taste. of shrimp it's, it's just preference.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to take a break. You got time to stay here, man? Because I, I want to move on done. to crabs here in just a uh, minute.
0: I'm not a crab, but we, well, could, you we might be able know a little bit about out.
1: crabs, huh? You probably eat a few of them. Oh, in we, we,
0: we eat it all the time.
1: <laughs> all right, we're talking with Charlie Roban. You come talk to him in person. We're at the Seafood Market, Delacrope Pier in St. Bernard Parish. And uh, officially in about 30 minutes, they'll be starting to sell these shrimp and crabs and squid and... Also got some uh, cooked items set up here, too, if you want to stop by and grab some lunch or brunch. We'll be right back. You'll listen to more outdoors, 105.3 FM HD2. What? And welcome back. And, boy, we are learning some things out here today. Besides getting some seafood, you can do both. Come on out to the Delacro Pier. It's easy to find. Come down to Delacro Highway. You're going to see all of the tents set up. Uh, also got some uh, uh, music going on. There's going to be some food to sample and also buy some of that fresh seafood and talk with some of these fishermen if you want to learn about their trade and how they are basically become farmers of the sea. Charlie Roban talking with us. We just had a good lesson on shrimp, but let's talk a little bit about crabs. You know, that's another one. Some people love Louisiana crabs. I know they like them up in Baltimore. They get enough of them up there. Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, crabs is uh, another delicacy, man, uh, I catch them on a boat. They don't walk off the deck. Put it that way. (laughs) If I don't, if I don't, if I don't kill them and uh, clean them up and freeze them and bring them home for my wife to make a crab stew, yeah, I can't let that walk off the deck. I don't blame you. Out there is my grocery store. Whatever I can catch and eat, we're gonna eat.
1: What are some of the things that come up in a in a in a trawl, man? I've seen. Any number of fish, some of them I can't even identify them. They look strange-looking stuff. But you probably come up over the years with a lot of strange-looking we, stuff. We,
0: I, well, you know, we got all kinds of strange-looking stuff. I mean, I, we pick up some of them old, uh look like a god darn uh, uh, German helmet with a tail. <laughs> the of uh, I think what they call horn crab or something like that. Uh-huh. We pick up that sometimes and we catch some starfish and, you know, catch a lot of mud. How about finfish, flounders maybe? I'll catch flounders, yes, indeed. Hell yeah, they don't they don't last long. Whatever comes on that deck and we get it, let me tell you, the knife goes on it and we're going to eat it. <laughs> or somebody else is going to eat it. I'll, I don't throw no good food away. That's what, one thing I was taught when I was growing up as a kid. My grandpa always did say, boy, you never throw a good fish overboard. I'll knock you in your head, boy. <laughs> Slap you on the back of your head. Yes, indeed. That's, that's That was you know, that, that fed your family.
1: Well, I know the recreational fishermen have been complaining for the last couple of years about a, a downward trend in flounders. And there was some speculation that it might have been caused by BP oil in the core exit because flounders spawn offshore in deep, deep water and what we had seen in the years after the, the bp spill was what was already there but then we're missing some generations of them but this year i'm starting to it's starting to pick up again what have you seen on flounders well let me tell you let me tell you a little story about bp right. when we was working bp spill
0: it was out of sight out of mind so they, they sunk it they sunk that oil they took all that cor- that that that, that, disper- mm-hmm. that that disbursement and they sprayed it they knocked it down my brother was on Little Rick. He was out there in the Chandelier Islands, and they sprayed his ass. Excuse my French. Uh, but they, they he got sprayed, and uh, they sunk it. They sunk the oil before it got there. we still dealing with that today. You see, they think this is all over. This guy here from, uh, uh, it was Alaskan Clean Seas. These people came here to train us when we were doing a DPP spill, and they told us, he said, you know, you might not see it now, but ten years down the road you're gonna start seeing it again we starting to get this all again because when you go out there you go run them boats take notice of your water take a little film that comes out in your wheel wash and you look back there What you think that is that's that chemical that's coming up mm-hmm. and we are dealing with it again I caught I was in the dragon in the shift channel miss ago on the outside out there and I hooked. I caught a hunk of mud I didn't know what the heck it was when it when it hit the deck it bounced it Wait, was, mud don't bounce. Mud don't bounce. It does <laughs> it does splat. And I have it at my dock. It it's a, a big tall ball, but big as a football. And you cut it, I cut the knife and I cut it and you can smell it. And mm-hmm. that's what it was. It was all. And we are still dealing with that. Now you wanna know what, what why things ain't happening like it is? You start going out there and go test them waters baby, baby, you're gonna find out what's going on out there. And it's just out of sight, they paying everybody off.
1: Mm. All right. Well, when we talking crabs, we got Bobby Lovell. That's Lavelle? the man. Lavelle? That's the man.
2: Yeah, I'm a, I'm the crab, crab guy. Crabby guy. I try to be the crab guy. <laughs> Not doing too good of a job lately, though. It's been, well, been you're a fighting a lot a of bit. things, huh? Oh yeah. Well yeah yeah. That, definitely the the fresh water has been a big big factor this year. It's driving driving all the fishermen to fish in one little concentrated area. And it's uh it's tough when you got too many people in one little, little area. But you ain't got no choice. They got we got to come together because uh. Too much fresh water coming come in on them. I want to the hope they're outside this year. Now,
1: what happens when crabs are in this fresh river water? Do they not grow? Are they lighter? Do I, they get away from it and move?
2: Crabs are a funny thing. They they they, they sometimes they, they want the river water and sometimes they just get away from it. But I, I think this year the, this the, this it was just too fresh. You know, they, the crabs actually like a little bit of fresh water, but this this year it's it's down to the points where where the outside waters where there's really not much marsh left anymore is at the, the salinity levels that should be where the, the inside where the, where the crabs typically grow mm-hmm. you know so we it, it's the, the salinities are, are, are messed up right now for sure so, so
1: do you have faced with the same problems that the shrimpers are uh, do we don't get a lot of imported crabs no
2: no that's that's one thing we, we you don't have to deal with basically that. baltimore area drives the crab market you know it really does i mean they got a couple little picking houses in alabama they got a couple local seafood places but but basically all all louisiana crabs go to the to the northeast and then they they make some people up there very rich (laughs) because once they leave down here they, they really turn into some money
1: yeah you know, we used to have a magazine that was put out by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. It's called Louisiana Conservationist or something, and um, it was their publication. And I can remember reading it. And this was I was a little boy, and the only thing I read back then was about hunting and fishing. And I was reading about the crab industry, and there was a statement in there that they said. The, the crab will never be fished out in Louisiana. That a female crab spreads out so many eggs yeah. that there's no way. Right. You still believe that? I think they've kind of changed their attitude but, on that. No, I
2: think. no, no. I, I see. We already got rings that are letting a number two crab out right now. Our, our traps we got to have three, two and three eight inch rings in them to allow crab out. So we letting crabs out our traps that big. So when the, so you know his next release. step when. Exactly. It's naturally just letting them out. And they uh, a female crab I believe I uh, I believe it lays one to three million eggs. Yeah, I think it's three something, million. Something it's it's a it's a it's a big big amount. So no, I think uh our our problem is is I I'm, you might not like me to say this, but is the fish problem we got. We got a fish problem. So the crabs don't actually get to that size. They say they keep putting all the regulations on a crab fisherman and it's not Oh, the crab fishermen's problem is if you got too many redfish, too many black drum, and all that, and we don't, we can't really commercially fish that no more. They took that away from us. So we offset the eco right there. They need to allow some kind of commercial redfish fisheries to come back. Well, they, they really do, even if it's at a limited base
0: they need that oh
2: they definitely the, the need that. the whole
0: ecosystem is just messed up my grandfather told me that back in it the, when they, they put a net ban on us that now this is what I didn't want to talk about but I'm gonna talk about it now oh uh, he, he told me he says what's gonna happen to this this area when they stop we, we stop controlling the habitat now where we control the habitat we we market we catch on that without with nets. people think that we go out there and set a net that we're going to kill every damn f- that fish they got and it's not true we use different size match mm-hmm. to catch market shrimp we leave the, uh we leave the little fish go that's for tomorrow because if you take tomorrow you ain't gonna have you know yesterday you ain't gonna have no future and, and, and look, know i'm seven generations and my grandfather and his grandfather and his grandfather down they fished for a living they lived off the land and if they did what they did and lasted seven generations they did something right and that's what we the biggest conservationists they got is us because it was happening it's just like that, that long said you you take one species each another species and i told this guy a little while ago what you're going to have you're going to have one one species of fish later you got to have your redfish and your trout that's the most two vicious fish and with, if you don't control that they're going to eat everything else up your drum eats your your, your oysters your, your redfish they like garbage disposals out there they're eating the shrimp i clinked the red fish i caught yesterday they had four or five big jumbo shrimp in there cool and a crab and a couple of uh sardines yeah yeah, you're yeah, damn yeah. right <laughs> like but, but, that's and and but that's what's that. happening to me and our industry it's, it's in other words it revolves around a cycle mm-hmm. of everything your habitat and right now we're dealing with erosion and everything so we're losing this habitat so you've got an overabundance of fish when i was coming up as a kid you had to be a pretty good damn fisherman to go catch a redfish now you get they so starving they bite anything that you throw Oh boy you see and they they, they revolve and the whole wildlife of fish is revolving around the the recreational instead of revolving around the, the commercial guy, and, you know, I don't have nothing against a guy going fishing pool. I, I love it. Yeah, I mean you fish that, yourself. I would, but the problem is right now they need more of them to go catch the fish so I could yeah, catch both fish and most right. shrimp, and they can leave his crabs alone. Yeah.
1: You see? Well, you know, offshore, I think there's a similar situation going on. Bobby, you may be too young to remember this, but, Charlie, you might remember. You used to be able to go and tie up on them rigs and double catch croakers, yes, bull croakers, and big white trout and right. fill boxes for they gone. They ain't yeah. there no more, like like uh you what's the name sings in a song. Yeah. And the reason why I don't think they're there anymore is because you got so many red snapper. Yeah. The federal government done regulated that so tight that yeah. you can't go out there and yeah. get a bait down without it's catching over. a snapper. Well the snapper out hustles the white trout and the croakers, and there are no more out there. It's all yeah. balanced. It's, it's just gotta only, be balanced. And it's right? only Louisiana. Louisiana you can't you, we can't
0: sell a redfish. I can catch speckled trout and sell federal control, but I need a of real license to do it. I can't do it with a net. Right. But if I could go to Mississippi, I could use a net, I could go to Alabama, I could use a net, and I can I can market that shrimp. The people from Louisiana gotta depend on Mississippi to get their redfish. And the fish, redfish are coming from Louisiana, to go to That's Mississippi true. to come here. That's true. All right, why can't we catch our fish and keep it in harmony? Everything's a harmony. If you got a if you eyeball, it's 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 so out of whack, it's pathetic. You know? And and the thing is is that it's not fair for the Louisiana commercial fishing guy. You know, you go to Texas, you could buy redfish. They could sell it. We can't do it here. We can't, it, It's it's so politically.
2: Uh, and it's all you know, come back to the, the greedy. It's greed. the greedy. It's, it's greed. all greed. It's all greed. <laughs> because they got enough fish for everybody out there. Yes, if it's, it's regulated it. properly, everybody can you know, be able to fish off the water. The thing
0: is, is that a fisherman, you know, there's good and there's bad. Just like recreational. You got some guys that want to. They, they do illegal stuff and that, but you got that everywhere you go. You drive 55 miles an hour when the speed limit is 40. You know, you got that. It's a natural deal. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you, you, if the wildlife and fishery would come there and regulate the commercial fishing guy, now where you come to me, you want to come to check me out, you come on. You know, I ain't doing nothing wrong. I it's, you know. And the thing is, is that if you would fish the old way, take your nets and you bring them home at night, you don't leave
1: nothing out, and you, and it all can be harmony for everybody. You know, Bobby, you do our soft crabs. You yes, sir. Okay, right, well, we're sir. gonna take a break. We we'll come back. I want you to talk about the soft All crab, right. how right. you work them, and uh, yeah. you know what's the best way to get them. If you're gonna have some down here for people yeah. to get. Yeah. All yeah. right, we're at the seafood market. We're talking seafood right here on WWL one hundred five
0: point
1: three FM HD two. We are going to go to work. All right, welcome back in, and uh, got a text message that says commercial. Redfish in Texas is uh, farm-raised only. Well, yeah, that's tough, and it's uh, a lot of expense in farm-raising a redfish when you got enough of them to go around. And you know, there could be some ways that we could capitalize on that. We talked with Bobby Lovell uh, with crabs out here at the seafood market at the Delacro Pier. Uh, let's talk about soft crabs. Right. People wonder. You know, I'll never forget the first time when uh, you know, bringing the mic, the mic up. Yeah, we go. Uh, first time, uh, I, I was in a seafood restaurant, and I was watching some people from up north. And they brought on our plate, and they put on our table some fried soft-shell crabs. And a little kid from up north looked at his mom and said, Mom, are they eating spiders? You yeah. <laughs> <He, he laughs> right, never saw right, that right. before. Yeah. Uh, soft crabs is a real delicacy. Right. and It takes a lot of TLC to produce uh, soft-shell crabs. Yeah, we, Tell me about them. Do you just sell the ones that you catch that are ready to, 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 to bust, or do you actually we, uh, have a tank and—
2: we got tanks behind our house, and we uh, I bring in the crabs that are about the shed. We get, uh, we get a few out on, in the crab traps that we run, but mm-hmm. the majority of them are shed. We we get up about every three four hours and check them, and, and uh, to make sure that you know they stay soft enough for the for, for what the the high end restaurants want in the mm-hmm. city.
1: What's a red line crab?
2: A red line crab is a crab that's about the, the shed. That's what it, you it, look it, what, what for. You, then, then. Yes. It's actually, if you look at a crab's flipper, you'll see he's got red hair on the back part of his flipper, and it's the red hair on the inside the shell. That is the last thing that forms before a crab sheds.
1: So how many hours or a day would he be away from... When
2: it, if it's true red, about a day. Hmm. If it's a pinker color, it's a couple of days. And if it's white, you know, it might be four or five days out. Depending on, it's all about water temperature. If you keep the water temperature cooler, it's going to take a little bit longer, but you're going to have less crab that die. But if you keep the water temperature higher, you'll have, they'll have more dead ones. All uh, right. So
1: tell me when you you're pulling your traps in and you bring your catch in, how do you grade your crabs? What are you doing?
2: The first thing we do when we when we when we run in traps is. I deck can of dump the crabs right into a ice vat called a slush tank. And the crabs it's basically an attitude adjustment. I guess you call it, you know, they <laughs> I guess and um uh, they um they, they, they settle down where they don't bite each other. That way we can stack our crab in a crate all nice and neat. It's like playing chords basically. I you pick mm-hmm. up the crab, he don't move, he don't try to bite, he don't do nothing. But I got Deck hands at a train, and they look for it. You can, you can almost see it from the bottom of the color of the crab. You don't even mm-hmm. need to really look. You know, with Trained eyes, you can just look at the crab because the whole crab will actually turn red, a little, mm-hmm. little light tint. And they'll just throw them on the side, and then my, my wife will uh, will go through them once I go home. And uh, she kind of handles the, the soft crab tank. So you, I got her trained. I better watch what I say. <laughs> <laughs> but, so you uh, put them into
1: the, the shedding tank, and then how do you know when it's right to pull them out of there, when they're when prime? It,
2: well, we, we look for them. We got we got the red side and we got a soft shell side. The red side, we we just constantly watch, and you'll see them crack.
1: At that stage, are they still feeding? They will no, eat, no, no, not they won't at all. feed no, they won't feed no more.
2: No, no, they uh they just they won't even bite you when they when they when they crack that shell. I can just go in there with my bare hand and grab them. They'll mm-hmm. they'll pinch you a little bit, but they will not bite you. Now don't go grab one that's about three days away because he <laughs> he will draw Hell blood. He will. <laughs> he, you'll know it. But yeah, they um. And then from there, we put them on a from – the, from the red side, when they crack a little bit, we put them on a, the side where they kind of protect soft. it more mm-hmm. with the soft ones because they don't really move around much, and they'll wiggle their way out. You know, sometimes it takes a half an hour. Sometimes it takes a half a day. It all depends. And depends then once
1: on. he busts out of there and he's soft, then what do you do with him to he, keep him in that seat?
2: Well, you got to let him stretch. As soon as he comes out, you let mm-hmm. him stretch because he's all still kind of confined up. And, he, and you want him to firm up a little bit because if you take him out while he's too soft – you know he'll get he's like a like a butter basically you know we let him stretch maybe 45 minutes to an hour and then they get to to that full size and it makes them look more appealing too mm-hmm. so but then after that they get they got a guy so that,
1: how long do you have to sell them before they're ah uh,
2: we uh we normally every third day we we got a guy that comes picks them up. Mm-hmm. And he um, he sells, you know, strictly to the to New Orleans area. And what
1: about your water? Do you have to keep it at a certain salinity? Yeah, Is it a lot see, of fresh? Yeah, you,
2: you see, we just add fresh. Once mm-hmm. you got your tanks filled, we just constantly add fresh because when the water evaporates, the salt stays in the water. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, about, we might add 10 gallons a day. I can't add 10 gallons of with salinity every time because my, my tanks will wind up just salt because the, the, the salt don't evaporate. It's just the water. So we actually just add tap water right out the hose, and it cools down our uh, our system also. So we uh, it's What's a good deal.
1: Best time of the year for soft shells? Right now. Right, right now. now.
2: It's basically the first shed is over with, and that's in April time frame, the end of April time frame. That's like the big one. And then in the fall you'll have another big one. But right now, throughout the whole year, we'll get a few. You know, and it, I don't like a lot right this time of year because of the, the, our water temperature staying so warm mm-hmm. and then uh we'll actually i i have blocks of ice that i put in there just to cool it down sometimes you know because it gets a little too warm
1: hard crabs it's very important from your standpoint to keep the claws on that crab i mean a crab right. without claws isn't worth as much as one right. what, what do you what Precautions do you take? How do you treat the, cab, the crabs to make sure those claws hang?
2: I, I tell my deck hands to treat them like a newborn baby. That's <laughs> the same way I tell with them with the crab traps, anything. Just mm-hmm. everything nice Delicate, and gentle. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you got to be gentle. Well, because you could take a, a big number one crab that's hard as a rock, and if you throw him in a crate wrong and that point goes through the one underneath him, he's going to die. You know, he might not be dead when we get to the crab shed where we're packaging them crab, mm-hmm. but he's going to be dead once he gets to Baltimore because he's got a, a long truck ride, and you only allowed a certain percentage dead, and anything after that is coming out of your pocket. You don't want nobody. Everybody's got to make money. You know, a dead crab ain't no good for nobody, so you got to be careful. What's with the most valuable crab, male, female crabs? Number one male That bottom there. They, they and were, why
1: is that taste, strictly taste? Some I, don't like what, you know. I don't have a clue. I don't
2: have a clue because I like <laughs> the females. I don't understand it, but some that's just what people... That's like I think it's just a, uh, a statement like a, like a financial statement almost like that. Yeah. I I got got I went and bought two dozen number one crab you know like the the high rollers you know showing off a little bit but uh, you give me a female crab any day and I'm 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 content <laughs> you know that that uh, for one thing I know I. I for me to bring home a female crab, I'm, it's it's less money on me. <laughs> you know, it's less money I'm losing.
1: All right, crabs in the berry stage, boy, I know they are definitely tough. And, and, and I see people who don't know any better. They catch a, a sponge crab, you know, on the beach or in their crab net, and they keep it.
2: No. Highly
1: illegal, yeah. big yeah. fine yeah. for right, that. And right. with you know three million eggs, you're yeah. killing an awful right. lot of crabs right. by taking it. How do y'all handle? It when what do you do when you we, get a crab? And, ch- and how do you identify one that's? A, oh, it's
2: it's easy to see. You got a big yeah. big orange sponge sponge on the bottom of it but uh we try to stay out of them you know and when we'll they'll, they'll have like a sponge line is what we call it you know you'll you can go one mile further out and your trap will come up with solid sponge and you're literally just dumping the trap straight overboard but if you get one mile inside of one or two per trap hmm. and you know you'll get on good crab so we you, it it's not profitable for us to stay within a sponge crab because we're right. baiting traps for nothing so we got to move them in i got you but yeah we uh we stay away from as much as possible. You don't want to be caught with them, and it, it, that's rightfully so. It, yeah, that's our that's how future. That's and exactly. they got they got some people unfortunately that, that have heard that got tickets where they're breaking them off and that and that's a that's a bad deal it puts a black eye on commercial fishermen too yeah you know anytime somebody does anything wrong you know puts seems like the commercial fishermen's already got a black eye already sometimes but, well, but yeah. people love to eat the seafood oh but yeah, oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> all right well tell me uh what have you got out here today if people come by uh, the pier and see you
2: today we got live crabs i got number two males we got all right, what's
1: a number two? Number one? A
2: number two male is a five and a half inch crab up into six and a quarter. That's that's just, mm-hmm. and it's got to be full of meat. Not necessarily. I say eighty percent full of meat. And a number one crab is six and a quarter on up. And we got heavy females, which are just any. They, that's assorted size. They could be any size, and those are, are, are ten dollars a dozen. And we got what we call a light we call them factory crab it's just a bigger crab that hasn't filled out all the way and we got those for seven dollars a dozen and we we also have that's pretty that's very oh yeah oh yeah, reasonable. It, it, yeah yeah it really is it's it's good price and we got soft crabs for, for five dollars a piece because you know they're a delicacy oh yeah, right but yeah they uh those go pretty we hear a lot
1: about you know and you mentioned it baltimore kind of drives the crab market how much of louisiana crabs are shipped out of state
2: 98%. Come on. Oh, yeah. You
1: mean we're only eating 2% of 2% the crabs caught here crab. stay here? I don't
2: even know if 2% stays here. I mean, you only got small local local uh, seafood places down mm-hmm. here. Up there, it's 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 a sta- more of a staple up there than what it is down here.
1: And I don't guess it's as popular in a restaurant as some other items are. Maybe people don't go to restaurants to eat bald no, crab.
2: No, no, no. It's just, that's kind of like a weekend kind of backyard kind of deal. But up there, those people live off a of crab they're really i think you i've so, eaten them
1: up there yeah and i was eating louisiana crabs let me tell yeah. you oh
2: exactly well, i don't had them i went up to my place that i sell to up there and i said "Look, i want you to take me about a, a, a chesapeake bay crab uh-huh. and, and <laughs> give me a my, one of my crab that i shipped up there put them side by side and i thought yeah. they were going to have a little bit different taste i could not tell the difference between them because they got a different taste you know just from here to to Tarabone Bay, you know, on seafood yeah. they got oh, that, yeah. that different flavor. And I thought, you know, the salinity would be different. But I could not tell the difference. Hmm. Now if you go up there up the Maryland, and they're gonna swear, oh yeah. Our crabs, way better, but I'm telling you, I eat a lot of crab <laughs> well, lot I had of some days. in
1: Chesapeake, and the place I happened to eat them had a little bit different flavor to their, to their mix, their season, and they had a lot of more bay in it than yeah. what we use down here. Yeah. It was good, but, you know, right, and I could right. tell they were Louisiana crabs because there's virtually no difference. You can't even see the difference.
2: No, no, you, there's really no difference. All right, well, I'm going to let you get uh,
1: back to your yeah. booth over there. Yeah. I want to tell people come see him. Bobby Lavelle, he's up here at the, uh, the, the crab booth. He'll be selling crabs. Mm-hmm. Live crabs, he's got a variety of them. He's also got soft shells, so check him out. It's at the St. Bernard Seafood Market here at Delacro Pier. Thanks, Bobby. Good conversation, too. We we learned a lot about crabs from you. And you can do the same thing with a lot of these vendors and the fishermen up here. Come chat with them, talk to them, and uh, you can get them to... To, to fill you in on all the background and also tell you about how to do it. Oh, the airboat rides, too. Don't let me forget that. There are free airboat rides if you come out here. If you've never been in an airboat, let me tell you what, that is one of the best ways to, to see the marsh. See it quick. You stay cool, and uh, you don't worry about getting bogged down. They ride glide right across the, the water. All right, this is going to go on. Until 1 p.m. or until they run out of seafood. I got a feeling that's going to happen before 1. So if you've been thinking about it, come down here. It's on the Delacro Highway. No way can you miss it. Look for the big blue tents. Beautiful pier here. Got a nice breeze, a lovely day, and you can go home with some fresh as you can get seafood because it is still at this point on the boat. It's going to wrap it up for us. We'll see you again next week with another edition of more outdoors right here on WWL 105.3 FM HD two.
0: This episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name, your price tool from progressive. It works just the way it sounds.